Welcome to Worth Watching Once, a podcast where we review Netflix original films and ask the ultimate question, was it worth watching once? I'm Brady, that's Thais, we're your hosts, and today we're looking at The Power of the Dog. It's a 2021 drama directed by Jane Campion that runs two hours and six minutes. The premise, Hmm. a domineering but charismatic rancher wages a war of intimidation on his brother's new wife and her teen son until long hidden secrets come to light. Okay, real quick, because I thought you weren't going to have anything to say there. (laughs) Because on my Netflix, it was like, Oh, a movie directed by Jane Cammon, Cam, Campion, Cam, whatever. <laughs> You'll <laughs> talk about it. But then it was like starring blah, 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 blah. And like, that was, that was my synopsis on my Netflix. What? <laughs> I think they Netflix, didn't give you a synopsis for the movie. No, I think Netflix is actually one of our listeners and mm. they know how much I like going in blind. So now they're just omitting all the synops- synopses. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Google, we have a domineering rancher, responds with mocking cruelty when his brother brings home a new wife and her son until the unexpected comes to pass. So I had to look that up before watching the movie because I was like, come on, Netflix. Like, you really, there's no, you wanted to go in blind. It's a Western. (laughs) Is it you wanted to go in blind, but then you looked up the synopsis? Yes. Because, (laughs) listen. (laughs) <laughs> I, I want to have the option right. to read it or not. So when right. Netflix took it from this me, is on Thais's terms. Yeah, I needed to yeah. to bring back that power. <laughs> You're in control. I love right. it. Mm-hmm. Sure to talk, Let's talk about-, about the scores. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is <clears throat> this is gonna be a weird episode. It was a weird <laughs> movie. Lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. The IMDb score. A very nice 6.9. Uh, that's a weird score. That's like, <laughs> that's like people don't know. I think people were either like, oh, this is a 10 or this is a one. Mm. Right. But then wouldn't like, that be a five? <laughs> uh, not a math guy. Very- more, more tens than ones. More tens than ones. <laughs> uh, Ron Tomatoes, 94% from the critics and an 85% from the audience. Very surprised about that. Yep. 72 sure we'll for Google. Re- <laughs> Google users, 72%. Thank you. <laughs> the critic consensus brought to life by a stellar ensemble led by Benedict Cumberbatch. The power of the dog reaffirms writer director Jane Campion is one of the, her generation's finest filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Now I also looked at the audience consensus here because I thought it captured the <laughs> the feel of the movie. If here's the here's the audience consensus. If you're ready to saddle up for a slow ride, the power of the dog's great acting and interesting ideas make the journey worthwhile. I included that because not no. <laughs> you're it's, ready it's to saddle definitely up. A slow ride. I like the saddle upward play. This is a Western. I should have said it's a 2021 Western drama. And the acting was absolutely stellar. This movie's already won the Golden Globes for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor for uh, Cody Smith McPhee, and Best Director 
Now the the Oscar nominations I think are getting announced in a week. So by the time you listener are listening to this, this movie will probably already have a bunch of Oscar nominations. I'm sure it's going to be nominated for best picture. Um, I don't know the correlation between winning the golden globe for best picture and how often that movie wins the Oscar for best picture. Um, but I'm sure it'll get, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch will get a nomination Cody Smith McPhee and Gene Campion and probably get best adapted screenplay type type love, um, costumes, maybe stuff like that. But yeah, lots to talk about with this. I don't quite know where to begin. But why don't we start off with the director, the actors, do our classic housekeeping items. Mm -hmm. So the director was Jane Campion. She's a New Zealand director, screenwriter, and producer. She became the second woman to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Director and the first female filmmaker to receive the Palme d'Or. That's like the best picture at the Cannes Film Festival. Both of those achievements were were for 1993's The Piano. Uh, I was... was Surprised to see that she was the second woman to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Director. So I, I wanted to look into this a bit. The first woman to be nominated for Best Director was 20 years before that. I might butcher this name, but I'm going to go for it. Lena Wertmuller for Seven Beauties. That was back in like 1973. Mm-hmm. Only seven women have been nominated for Best Director. And only two have won. I don't think any woman's ever been nominated for best director multiple times so if she were to get nominated for this was that true because i feel like Catherine bigelow might have gotten nominated for zero dark 30 do do you want to (laughs) look do you want me to answer that no i just want i just want (laughs) to speculate oh okay it's just fun to speculate listeners Um, let us know by yeah let us know (laughs) (laughs) into whatever you're listening to yeah this is the part where you're listening in your car you're just like yelling out loud um (laughs) send us an email (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, so she might be the the first to be nominated multiple times. Um, I'd say, given that she won the Golden Globe for Best Director, she's probably the the odds-on favorite. Uh, so we'll see. Seven women, though. That's so low. That's that's yeah. a shame. I bet half of those nominations probably come in the last ten years. Actors: Benny, Benny Cumberbatch, Cumberdust, <laughs> Benny Cumberdust. Kind of an internet. Uh, this is, he's like one of the guys the internet loves, mm. right? Uh, he played Phil Burbank, the the domineering rancher. I think the very first note I took for the movie was that Phil, his character, is just an all time asshole. That was like something you learned immediately when the movie started. He was just a big time dick. You want to just call me Fatso for like the whole episode? Yeah. What was? Oh my god! What was that? You might know Benny Cumberbatch as Sherlock Holmes or Dr. Stephen Strange, maybe as Alan Turing from The Intimidation Game. He's also been in Black Mass, 12 Years a Slave, The Courier. He voiced the Grinch, the 2018 Grinch movie, and played Satan in the Amazon series Good Omens. What was the penguin thing? The Didn't penguin he, like, thing? voice like a penguin documentary? Did he voice a peg? Are you thinking of March of the Penguins? No, no. That's that was when penguins came to existence because Morgan Freeman right. made them. Right. Morgan invented penguins. Right. And he gained right. a, a freckle every time you know he narrates 
something, he gains a freckle. Anytime no. a penguin earns its wings. <laughs> but no, uh, Cumby Dust there, he definitely narrated like a penguin. Penguins thing. of Madagascar. <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all over this today. Penguins <laughs> of Madagascar. I will definitely link it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one everyone cares about. <laughs> People love Penguins of Madagascar, which I don't think I've ever heard of until right now. It's really great because his accent and like the way he gets really into it. It's like, I don't know. He was interviewed for it and they're like, what were you thinking? He was like, I just thought it would be like fun to do it. Like he got like people were making fun of him for it. I thought this was like a documentary. This is this is the um, wasn't there an animated movie called Madagascar? It's like the zoo animals escape from like the Central Park Zoo and they fly to Madagascar. Yeah, but no, these are real penguins that he's. Oh, this is a different movie then because this is like an animated <laughs> penguin. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> what is this movie? I, um, so maybe he did not uh, narrate. Uh... It was like a penguin thing or maybe. Was it a different animal? He like oh it was like God, the, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was definitely one of those um, uh, BBC Call of the Wild thing. Do you remember like watching that where like they voice oh, over animals and they're like uh, Ellen? I don't, I don't know about that, but he did. He Steve. did. He did narrate an episode of a TV series called Curiosity. And the name of the episode that he narrated was, did God penguins. create the universe? Oh, did penguins. <laughs> I'm, We're gonna have, you're going to have to look into this whole I penguin will, okay. cumber, cumber dust situation. If it does exist, it'll be in the show notes. Okay, good. <laughs> we have Jesse Plemons, who played Benny's brother, George Burbank, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Fat Damon. <laughs> the nickname is too good to not mention because he kind of looks like Matt Damon. This is like a, an internet thing, like people calling him Fat Damon. Um, you know, disavow. I don't like mean nicknames, but it's just like, it's too funny to not mention. Um, you'll, I mean, we, we also made that comparison, not the fat part, but the comparison that they look alike in I'm Thinking of Ending Things episode. Mm-hmm. Throwback situation here. That's right. You know, he's That's no right. stranger he's to Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you either know him from one of two TV series. He's Black either. Mirror. Okay. Or three, maybe. <laughs> but he's, he's either Todd from Breaking Bad oh. and the Netflix original El Camino, or he's Landry from Friday Night Lights. And people either saw him as Todd first and then were like shocked <laughs> at seeing him in Friday Night Lights because he is like an all time sicko psychopath Nazi in Breaking Bad and then he's like this kind of nerdy kid uh, like team manager of the football team in, in Friday Night Lights uh, he's he's also done Black Mass he did the second season of Fargo where he met his wife Kirsten Dunst he's um, in Battleship I'm sorry what oh what Kirsten what? Dunst his co-star in this movie and they met on second season of Fargo Got married, probably have a couple kids, and they're still they're like still married, <laughs> and they start in this movie together as a married couple. 
Yeah, they did. And they didn't break up because <laughs> because of this movie. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> we'll discuss. Uh, he's also in Battleship, the Irish original, The Irishman. He's in Vice. And uh, as we mentioned before, another movie we've done, I'm thinking of ending things. So I think at least three Netflix originals in there. And of course, he was in the uh, USS Callister episode of Black Mirror. Really like that one. It's one of my, uh, it's probably in my top 10. His wife, Kirsten Dunst, was in this is Rose Gordon. Everybody's going to know her as MJ, right? MJ and Spider-Man. Uh, but she's done a bunch of other stuff, too. She's in the second oh, season of Fargo. Wow. Back when she was a wee lass, she was in Interview with the Vampire and Wasn't Little she Woman. she like, Wimbledon or whatever She was in Wimbledon. Was. Yeah, yep. with... Uh, 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 oh, with Jennifer Connelly's husband. What's his name? What? Why do you know him as that? As fucking Lord of the well, Rings? because I can't think <laughs> of... <laughs> what, Lord of the... Lord of the Rings? Yeah, he was the, the sexy elf there. Sexy elf in Lord of the Rings. Orlando Bloom, I want you in my room. Oh, oh, oh. I'd, I've never seen Wimbledon, so I don't know. I'm just I'm thinking of, of the other guy, the guy from uh, A Beautiful Mind. Yeah, I can't sorry. believe I can't think of his name. That's a quick shout out to Sarah. We used to sing that as kids because she had the hots for Orlando Bloom. The sexy elf. Legolas. <laughs> Thank you. Langless, yeah. yeah. Sexy elf. Not no. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was in Melancholia, Marie Antoinette, Internal oh, Sunshine yeah. of the Spotless Mind. Um, it, she actually had a uh, a cameo appearance in the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror that her husband was in. She played like one of the company employees. It was like kind of a blink and you'll miss it cameo, I think. Uh, we have See, it pays po- to have friends in the right places, you know. I, mean, it's I get all about that you know, yeah, it's all about who you know, yeah. They're all friends outside of this, and they're like, Hey, you want to be in this? They're like, Yeah, I'll yeah. Be in this. <laughs> Finally, with Cody Smith McPhee, played mm-hmm. Peter Gordon, Rose's son. He's in a bunch of stuff I don't recognize, but <laughs> uh, he was Kurt Wagner slash Nightcrawler in the newer X Men mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. Uh, he was also in The Road, remember that? Uh, super super depressing movie based on a super depressing Cormac McCarthy book uh, made it into a movie back in like 09 uh, with Viggo Mortensen he played the boy I don't even think he had a name the boy the boy <laughs> just a boy um, other notable names Francis Conroy had a really brief appearance and Keith Carradine uh, had a had kind of a brief appearance mm-hmm and <laughs> don't even tell me you want to add someone that was such an <laughs> extensive list who even would you talk about okay real quick yeah uh so google right you click oh, who are the actors paul dano is listed oh, as yeah. one of the actors mm-hmm. where where that's got to be like an algorithm thing. And like he was mentioned so much. So he was originally supposed to play Jesse Plemons character. Whoa. But he so wasn't I fat think, enough. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know why exactly. It was probably like a scheduling conflict and he dropped out. Cause I think Elizabeth Moss was also supposed to play Rose Gordon, the character that Kirsten Dunst played. Mm. And I think she had to drop out too. So it was probably scheduling stuff. And so they cast Jesse and, and Kirsten in those roles. Um, but I'm not surprised that 
Paul Dano would show up because he's mentioned a bunch when people are writing about this movie. But Paul Dano's like an all time actor. I think he's super fantastic. I would have really been interested to see how this movie was with him Mm -hmm. um, and how he would have played the character because Jesse Plemons was just very like kind of sad sack, like (laughs) slow almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Paul Dano would have played it that way. He's such a fiery dude and there will be blood and he just, he can bring such like a, such a fire to a role. It, it, but mm. little miss sunshine, little miss sunshine, like the awkward kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like maybe he would have brought like that side of it. Yeah. Of- he's super dynamic. He's wicked talented. Yeah. So it'd been interesting to see. But who I actually wanted to mention, aside from Paul Dano. <laughs> Listeners, Brady's like jaw hit his table. It, like, dropped. <laughs> it, did, it did not. <laughs> he was it like, what are you talking about? Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher her name. Thomason McKenzie. Oh, that name's super familiar. Uh, the reason why I wanted to bring her up was just because I've recognized her from recently from seeing old <laughs> M9. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so I was just like, oh, look, another familiar face. I was like, we have so many people in this movie. Who is she? Oh, she was like one of the, uh, the like the maids. Yeah, the maids. She was. Uh, yeah, she was an old. She was in Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see Last Night in Soho, which she was in. It's a new uh, Edgar Wright movie. Hopefully that'll be on soon. And also, Actually, <laughs> we don't talk. We don't talk about them. OK, great. <laughs> All right. The time has come. We we got to talk about this. All right. So to start us off, mm. I'm going to start by the events that occurred over at my place. <laughs> Watching this <Ooh>. movie. <laughs> okay. When I texted you a minute and a half into the movie. <laughs> right. You seemed so rattled that I was like, oh, is this the worst start to a movie ever? Because you texted like <laughs> one minute in. Oh, my God. There's still two hours left. <laughs> Like, does this movie stink? <laughs> so, right off the beginning of the movie, mm. we get, you know, 1925 Montana. <laughs> right. And immediately I paused because <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was going on in Montana in the 1920s? <laughs> like, I need to set the scene here. <laughs> <laughs> like, who was the governor? <laughs> what, what do you mean? What was going on in Montana in 1925? <laughs> I wanted to know. So uh, Calvin Coolidge is president. Well, okay. We, this wouldn't be a WW1 pod without discussing the history of Montana. <laughs> no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah. So to stay true to our history listeners uh, and please correct me when I'm inevitably probably wrong. Uh, send us an email. You can reach us at Instagram or <laughs> Twitter. Anyways. <clears throat> so we have the gold rush, right? Fucking Montana booms it triples in its size within like the previous decade just montana population yeah it was just like everybody wanted to be there because went from 100 people to 300 people exactly (laughs) (laughs) you got it (laughs) but um everybody wanted to be there because they're like oh my god like gold blah blah blah. but then in the 1920s early 1920s actually i think it was like at late so it was like 1918 1919 there was a drought and all the farmland just started 
dying, right? Withering away. And so Montana started actually dropping uh, its popularity. (laughs) This is now high school musical. (laughs) Its status, its ratings started dropping. Like explain it to me like I'm five. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wanted to live live there anymore because, well, they couldn't. They they couldn't survive. There was just nothing to farm. Uh, and then the Great Depression hit, and Montana mm. was just like, "We're done. Like, where this is the end for us." So this movie is taking place <laughs> during the time where farms aren't doing that well. Wow, okay. We're not going to see a lot of people coming through. There won't be tourists like anyone that you're seeing through there, like lives there mm. and are trying to get out. Yeah. From what I understand, it was a, it was a tough time to be a farmer because mm. all these people who moved to like the middle of the country and, and set up farms, they were over farming significantly. Like every square inch became farm. And the soil became dusty, so to speak. So it like it became unfarmable and all this once fertile farmland had this like really dusty top layer from all the mm-hmm. over farming and it created the dust bowl. Yep. And like people couldn't farm anymore. And a lot of them moved like west to, to California. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I that's interesting. I didn't know that was going on. No, I was thinking like Nebraska and Kansas and, and Iowa for stuff like that. I, I didn't ever think of Montana being in that category, but that makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. Yeah. And along with, you know, the dust bowls and things like there are these things called cutworms and wireworms and grass fires. <laughs> uh, just a lot mm. of shit <laughs> was happening to, to these farms. Uh, but also tough time to be a farmer. Yeah. Uh, and just a, a cowboy. <laughs> and so I learned a little bit too about like that, aspect of it i guess um so which i think says a little more about george's character as well plumbing's clary plumbing's <laughs> plumbing's 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 is my brazilian accent sneaking through so did you know uh worth mentioning once that at the time if you were a a, a cowboy rancher cowboy uh, cattler yeah, rancher. I think I think the folks who raise cattle are ranchers. Uh, they weren't allowed to take on wives. What? During their uh, service, I'm putting air quotes, uh, to to like the 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 season of whatever they were hurting. Ladies, <laughs> <laughs> big time rancher. <laughs> You can't see my fucking hat. Um, yeah. So wait, so I, in like the off season, they could have wives or I guess like, or like while they were working as ranchers, they just while they're working as ranchers. Yeah. So like if okay. they wanted to settle down, like then they're out, they have to give up that ranch life. Yeah. Cause like that ranch life ah. entails like traveling and being out, you know, all yep. night long, like with the animals and things like you're going from city to city, you need your freedom. <laughs> make the rules okay so uh also it was also viewed as uh how do i say this i 
something of uh, like a respect. <laughs> Do you like my horse noise? I didn't even mean it to do that. <laughs> like it was. <laughs> Listen, if you were born into it, like it was a family's duty to continue on with it. Like if you wanted to do something else, like then you're a piece of shit and you're disgracing your family. Okay. So I think putting that all together and then I hit play in the movie <laughs> and then the first scene. Oh my God. <laughs> did you, did you stop and just like Wikipedia for an hour? Yeah. And then start the movie up? Yes. Wow. That's you. That, I love it. Well I wanted to understand. <laughs> So he's like, oh, it's 1925 months now. Okay, I have to live. Yeah. Is this a in fake this war? Time. Yes. Yeah, I'm immersed in this. Did 1925 even exist in Montana? I gotta know. Yeah. Okay. I I get it. I love that. <laughs> so that's what I was looking at. So like when the movie first starts and you see these two men riding, you know, on their horses, one's dressed like a, a stereotypical cowboy, like that I would, you know imagine mm. and then one is dressed in like a, a suit <laughs> riding a horse right. next to you know uh, i don't know nine other men like trying to like herd these cattle like from side to side and we see cumberdust come over to <laughs> plemmings <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun uh and he's like hey fatso like got to do whatever the fuck. And you're like, what the hell? So like immediately, like you said, like this guy's a fucking asshole. And then he's like, brother, like, don't, you know, whatever. So you're like, okay, cool. I guess they're brothers now. And then Cumbie does like mention some anthrax. And I was like, whoa. So, okay, actually, let me rewind real quick. So before I even put this movie on and I read the synopsis about like something weird could happen, mm, spooky. I turned to Jared and I was like, I bet it's going to be like some fucking like, homophobic shit or like maybe some disease is going to come around and like kill the whole fucking town or I don't know like maybe it's going to be like a pedophilia thing who knows and Jared's like yeah I guess we'll have to put it on and <laughs> see uh, the listener. triple crown <laughs> <laughs> can we all agree that I'm like psychic and um, <laughs> just saying okay so when they mentioned anthrax I flipped I was like that is so out of the blue like what the fuck and jared's like no like that's common because it's cattle and blah 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 and i was like oh livestock disease yeah i for some reason the the idea of anthrax to me was like as like left turn outrageous as like if they're just like oh yeah that fucking ebola huh? like what? <laughs> like i <laughs> oh covid oh shit yeah 1925 yeah that's interesting to say because i i ended up uh looking a little bit more into anthrax wanted to learn a little bit more about it because and i wrote i I think for those of us who grew up in the post 9-11 world or maybe this is just all americans at this point think of anthrax as like a biological weapon warfare it's actually a a livestock (laughs) affliction um so we can we can save that for the end i can drop some some uh, anthrax facts in there yeah okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. so then like my third note was sore gut (laughs) I just thought it was funny. Sorga. Yeah, Sorga was a good one. I, I, lo- I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Like, I like the lingo. I was like, all right, I'm getting into my Western. Like, let's fucking, yeah, all right. Yeah, I got a bit of a bad belly, sore gut. Yeah, you got a sore gut, spit it out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, spit it out. <laughs> I was like so into it. Uh, and then two hours passed and nothing happened. I paused this movie maybe five times 
And I groaned every single time knowing how much longer I had in this movie. Nothing happens in this movie until it does. And it felt like it came out of nowhere without explanation. And I hated every minute of this movie. Brady, I have been waiting so long to tell you I hate this movie. I had an option. Shout out to my friend, Mikkel, to watch it again. Because they were like, oh, do you want me to watch it with you? And we can work out some things and you can discuss. And I was like, dude, no, like, I can't like I no, anything but anything but. Yeah, I <laughs> I watched it. So I watched it yesterday and I th- I've talked a lot about like I usually watch movies twice. I I couldn't watch this movie twice. Can I don't okay. know what to make of it. I because like while watching it. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can I recommend this movie to anyone? Thank you. Yep. It's it's like it was so slow and nothing happened. Nothing. But it and it was a you know, it was a, like a deep, deep character study. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jared kept saying. No, and I was like, deep, character study deep of deep what? Study. I feel like yeah. <sighs> okay, yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so now, having finished it, I find myself like still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know my side. <laughs> that doesn't that like that doesn't didn't happen with like I'm thinking of ending things, mm-hmm. which was a similarly slow character study. But this one, I'm just like, but like nothing happened, right? Until the until it did, mm-hmm. and. Did it feel justified to you, though? Mm, that's the thing. Mm. I, yeah, I don't know. Here's what I'll say. I, I'm not going to recommend this movie for the vast majority of people. But it's weird to say that because like 85% of people on Rotten Tomatoes liked it. And it's like obviously a huge critic darling. Mm-hmm. And all right, the acting, incredible. Can we, we can agree it was like unbelievably acted. Well, oh, <laughs> really? Let's hear it. Uh, well, here's my problem. Yeah. I can't tell that you're doing a good job at your job if I don't know what you're trying to do. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> like if I've never seen a pot before and known what it was used for. And you made a pot and you were like, is this a good pot? I'd be like, ah, well, I guess it's the only pot I've ever seen. But like, what is it for? And then you don't actually explain it to me. But then like beg me for like, maybe this is a bad analogy. But basically what I'm saying is I didn't understand their characters enough to be able to say they did a good job portraying those characters. If I didn't understand the character, how can I say that they did a good job at doing it? Does that make sense? So like, yes. Cumby Dust was super assholey. Great. Anyone could play an asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Plemmings, <laughs> I think, you know, did a uh, sure, maybe. Uh, and that's what I mean. Like I, the way that I'm seeing these characters may be wrong or maybe superficial. And I'm not seeing like all the onion layers that the, like these characters are supposed to be mm-hmm. because I'm missing out on like the plot to help me build these characters. Cause to me, none of these characters were really built up for me. It just felt like this movie was about 
no one getting to be their true selves. And, and you know what? No, and be, it, no, let me start over before I even get into how I'm going to describe this movie. And this is how I felt too, because after I watched this movie, I read reviews and I'm reading these reviews and these reviews are painting this beautiful picture. And I'm like, I want to see that movie. Where was that in what I just watched? Yeah. Because everything mm. that they were saying was like making sense. But when I thought back to watching the movie, I'm like, I didn't see any of that. And I'm like envious of those people that were able to sit there and be able to have like absorbed all of that from watching it because I didn't at all. This movie like hit me and slid right off. Like nothing penetrated anything. And so when I try and explain this movie, I feel like I'm reaching for something because like I said, like it feels like if I, if gun to my head, somebody was like, I'd be like, okay, this movie is about, you know, people not getting to be themselves. Like, you know, we have Phil Mm -hmm. who's most likely a closeted gay, you know, trying to, to be this, uh, you know, macho man, like what being a man meant in the 1920s, while his brother, who is clearly more sensitive, is trying to hide that because he's also trying to be the macho man, but he doesn't fit with the whole ranch lifestyle. He's wearing a suit the whole time. He doesn't want to be dirty with the boys in the in the in the cows, you know, like he's he's dressed up and like the way that the brothers talked about their parents made it seem like there was that whole like sibling rivalry thing where, you know, the cowboy was, you know, the smarter one and the, and the suit was maybe the dumber one. And maybe that's why he wore a suit to try and like make himself feel better or be better than the smarter brother, you know? So like, I guess there was that. So I'm like, okay, the brother can't be who he wants to be. The weird kid, Peter (laughs) was a fucking psychopath. Uh, and from yeah. the get-go, we were getting murderous vibes from him. Like, we're just like, this fucking kid's a fucking psycho. He's like, I want to be a doctor. We're like, yeah, you want to fucking cut people up. That's what you want to fucking do, you fucking little sicko. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. And then. <laughs> you got murder vibes from him, like, right away? Something about him just felt weird. I, I will say that I, like, my second note after <laughs> Benny is just an all-time asshole. Ira, is this movie creepy? Like. <laughs> I didn't know if it was going in the direction of like something creepy and like eerie or because the music was kind of eerie. Didn't match what was happening. I wrote the music and Smith McPhee. Because like (laughs) you're you're right. Like he that's that's one of my notes. Creepy in this. And there was like I was like, you know, gangly and kind of got like hollow eye, like hollow face, dead eyes. Under sore gut. Creepy yeah. music for a kid. <laughs> it's like my Wait, sixth note. I can't read cursive, so I don't know who's <laughs> what sign in the guest book. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Wait. <laughs> Can we unpack that? <laughs> what a shocking note to see. <laughs> Uh, I just showed. <laughs> oh, that was good. I just good showed place. Brady my notes on the computer, uh, <laughs> not realizing that he could see <laughs> more notes. Yeah. Uh, it was a scene. It was in the beginning of the movie. Uh, 
right they show the guest book I, he guest I, book. you're right he wrote something that like wasn't his name i can't remember what it was but did he put bronco henry i'm wondering if that's what he wrote oh uh, maybe maybe i can't remember i thought he wrote curly something but i uh, i can't remember it might have been bronco henry because like i think right before then the conversation between him and his brother was like oh or or maybe him and like one of the other uh, boys ranchers whatever uh they were like oh did bronco henry ever fucking stay at the and they're like nah bronco henry never fucking did and like maybe that's why he was like now you have my love <laughs> yeah uh the brothers sleeping in the same room like all the time that was fucking weird the same the same bed the same bed. So I thought for a second that maybe they were gay for each other and they were pretending to be brothers. And then I was like, or oh. it's more Game of Thrones than that. And they're actually related and fucking. Yeah. But neither. Spoiler alert. They fucking weren't. Not that I'm, you know, disappointed, but something would have happened if that were the fucking plot. Okay. So yeah, I couldn't read cursives. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. So yeah, so this movie to me just felt like a a big gaping hole of I'm watching these people go through day to day that I do not care about. And it just it didn't feel okay. So that was another thing too. Uh the chapters, right? Like it's going like chapter one, but it's not saying chapter one, it's just showing like Roman numeral one, Roman numeral two. We're going to skip a number and then we're going to go to the next one. Do you notice that? And so where they skipped a number. Yeah. Right. Oh, did I fall asleep? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they skipped. A number. Why would they skip a number? Well, here's a uh, reason why they could have. So Brady, these are some uh, worth mentioning one facts I'm about to fucking throw at you. You ready? You fucking strapped to your goddamn standing desk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> You got your gravity boots on. <laughs> what? Uh, you ready to saddle up this pony ride? Whoa. All right. So did you know that this movie was based off of a book released in the 1960s by an author who only wrote like Western novellas, essentially, and who was said to maybe have been in the closet? No one knows. And I guess like all his books dealt with these themes that you wouldn't normally talk about in Western stories, like maybe a cowboy being gay. So I get that in the 1960s, this was groundbreaking, right? Like no one wants to talk about that. Like that's kind of So no one did. I mean, it, it, it gained notoriety, uh, but not enough for it to like there. There is talk about it becoming a movie, but then it was dropped because, you know, society just wasn't ready to see that. Uh, so then in 2001, an author by the name Anne Prue, uh, she I think she re what is it called? Uh, re not rewrote it. Re. Oh, di- didn't she? Uh, it was like re-released with the like a forward or something by by yeah. her right yep Maybe like providing some context or or something mm-hmm. so it gained more popularity also inspiring her to then write brokeback mountain mm. so brokeback mountain's based off of this so which is kind of funny because when we're watching this like in my head i'm like this is giving me brokeback mountain feels when it should be the other way around 
Like this is what inspired Brokeback Mountain. But also I watched Brokeback Mountain when I was like, I don't know, 13. I wasn't even supposed to see it because it was rated R. But like at the time it was like taboo because it's like rated R and like, whoa, like gay sex. What? You know, because 2001, sure. whatever. Um, and honestly, all I can remember is like Anne Hathaway's chest. So we'll cut that. <laughs> like, that's what I remember about the movie. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> Everyone went in to like see Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, fill me in here. Why can't I think of his Heath name? Ledger? Heath Ledger. Thank you. Yeah. I did that all by myself for you. And he's the Joker. All I could think about was Anne Hathaway. Mm. So, anyways, um, I feel like I must have missed what that movie was even about. And this, you know, and 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 I wonder if Anna. <laughs> why did I say it like that? I wonder if Anna, Prue, like we're best friends, uh, also felt the same way of like, you know what? Power of the Dog's kind of boring. I'm gonna like try and make it a little more like on the nose. <laughs> I've never seen Brokeback Mountain. Oh. Did you find that entertaining? Well, that I it's not fair to say because I was a young and mm. but I do remember not being entertained, but also it could have been because like I was expecting porn. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was like tastefully like off screen, just like two men like grunting. Right. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was more, you know, homoerotic than it was like actual, you know, porn. You're right. So um, why did I bring this up? Going back to the numbers uh, in Power of the Dog now, turns out the director did leave out a chapter in the movie. She decided to not even cover it. Or maybe she did and then they cut it at the end. Who knows? Uh, But I don't know if you notice in the movie, there are no flashbacks. Everything is told in chronological order. Uh, The reason for that is she wanted to keep the viewers you know, in line with what's happening. Uh, And part of that, not ruined, but it took away the story about Peter's dad. So listeners, or maybe even, I don't know, for me to talk about this is kind of a spoily. Yeah, so I just, you know, spoiler alert and let's let's dive into it. Spoilers from here on out. Okay. Yes. So listeners, uh, if you haven't read the book or if you haven't seen this movie and you care, Uh, spoilers from here on out. So in the book, um, Peter's dad. Well, so uh, actually, Brady, I'm going to ask you, what do you think happened to Peter's dad based on what you saw in the movie? Um, didn't Peter's dad hang himself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know why? Um, I, I don't. Maybe uh, he was depressed about his son being a psychopath. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. So, uh, so he was an alcoholic, right? There was that. Um, but yes, he, you know, through his alcoholism, uh, heard rumors about his son being gay, and so he kills himself. And I feel like that's a powerful thing to leave out of the movie because I think it also explains a little more about Dunst's character. Yeah. Because to me, she also didn't really matter (laughs) i did not find her story at all captivating i get that you know phil was like pushing her i mean he was a dick to her on purpose he he was was. like there was absolutely no reason for it right yeah i don't know why he felt threatened by her other than he just i don't know hates women (laughs) yeah i think i think he's just a dick but like just an angry bitter dude right but like 
is that also uh, could that be explained away but like knowing that he has that he can't be himself knowing that he has to repress you know who he is Mm. couldn't that uh what's the word i'm looking for like effect or yeah i think that could create some like self-resentment that would uh manifest in anger and being a dick to others i mean there is a statistic out there that i do not have at the tip of my tongue of like a very high percentage of suicides are from lgbtq members Hmm. and like i mean obviously it contributes it's what constituted by like everyone you know how society has treated them but also like how they treat themselves and how they can't like be who they are and so i guess in a way i felt sympathetic to phil because like yeah i probably would be angry too if like i couldn't and if like all my life like all i know is that you know gay people are bad and i know my own secret and so then now i'm mad at myself Mm-hmm. And then I'm taking it out on like everybody else to to show because he can't show any weakness, right? Like he can't show any sensitivity, weakness because that's not manly, right? Yeah, so, and that's and that's why he's such an asshole. He yeah. gives him power over other people, right. the, the power of the dog, right? But not all assholes are closeted gays. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. But but that was no. why I guess I, I think I, I think it helps us better understand his character. Yeah. So then that brings me to my my uh i guess confusion and concern about the big event because i guess i'll ask you like do you think peter was also gay Hmm. or do you think that he was playing into it to get what he wanted oh it's such a tough question i hmm i don't know what his sexuality was i think there were there were absolutely hints that he was a young gay man, but I don't know. Are those just hints, or or is that that who he was? How old is Peter? I don't know. Because I mean, he like I'm eighteen. A, I guess I would have put him at that age, thinking about like if he's going to go to college, right, to be a doctor. Yeah, but right, I don't right. know. I'm in nineteen twenties. That's a lawless land. I don't know. They could probably go to school whenever they want. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, do they even have college back then? <laughs> yeah, doctors? Yeah. Doctors, it was just like, can you identify what blood is? You're a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How would you describe Peter's character? From beginning to end, if I was just like, who is this Peter character? I'd say he's a timid young man with more of a, an artsy personality. Mm. And ambitions of becoming a doctor would the words cunning or sly or manipulative come to mind for you not not um until the end of the movie (laughs) i don't think i would have thought about him that way at all until the end right and so i guess in the book he is he does show those uh, sides of him more throughout the story. Yeah. And I think that's a, a problem that I have with the movie and why the ending was so out of left field for me was because I didn't see it coming, but not in a way of like, oh man, like what a twist, like what a brilliantly like way to do a twist. Like 
it just felt like it was thrown in out of nowhere. And before I even knew that it was like a book that was written on this, I was just like, did they just not know how to end this? So they're just like, uh, how about we just fucking <laughs> like do it? You know, like it just. <sighs> so before we make the big reveal about what happens, because uh, <laughs> I want to drag this out just like the fucking movie did. <laughs> I understand, Phil. <laughs> I want to hurt others <laughs> because <Yeah>. I was hurt. <laughs> so, <laughs> should I cut that up? Um, okay, so in the movie, we see like I'm glad that you mentioned like the the artsy, right? We we see that Peter has a kind soul. Right. It seems like, you know, in the beginning of the movie, he's making flowers out of little papers uh, because apparently it seems his- like that in the beginning. And then he's yeah. like murdering rabbits and cutting them open. Well, first, the flowers. <laughs> yeah, the flowers, though. Yeah. And like yeah. because his mom used to own a garden. So he's like trying to keep her you know, happy because now we're in a fucking drought and we can't have gardens. See? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the tick, I think that's when I started figuring out that he is like a secret psychopath was the tick that he had of running his thumb on his comb. Cause a, it sounds cool. B I totally get it. It feels nice. And C everyone has like a thing when they're going through like tough emotions. It's their tick. It's his tick. So that was when I was just like, Oh, this kid's a psychopath <laughs> because of the comb. <laughs> And then when you see, you just said you like doing that, right? Keep up. So Are then, you a psychopath? <laughs> and then the podcast goes dark. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear Brady's like, oh, oh. <laughs> don't no Wait, I want to explore this. What, what does that mean? Like you, you saw him doing that and it was just like psychopath. Well, one, because I feel like that's how movies like portray. Okay, You just mean in the context of the, of the movie. Yeah. I'm not okay. saying I'm knowing a, that they're you know, developing a character and picking up on the okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm saying right. everybody that does it is a psychopath. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Am I believable? <laughs> no. It yeah. It just right movies. That's why. So then we see him dissecting a a rabbit, and I was like, okay, that's normal. He wants to be a doctor. That makes sense. But also, you know, serial killers mm-hmm. start yeah. with animals first right yeah <laughs> but yeah, no it's it's true not saying it's serial according but, to dexter right uh so then and i guess the scene was important and i didn't think it like conveyed anything i'm gonna keep making noises the whole time so it was a scene where peter and phil are where, where the fuck are they they're together we'll just say that and a little like bunny is like stuck under some logs and they accidentally like crush the bunny's leg by like throwing the rock, like the logs on top of it. And so Peter like pulls out the bunny and Phil's like, well, got to put it out of its misery. And I think he was like taunting Peter because oh, yeah. at that point, yeah, right. Sure. He didn't think that Peter had it in him. Yep. And then Peter's just like, okay. And it just like snaps the bunny's neck. Like it's no problem. Yeah. And Benny looked like proud. Yeah. He had like a fucking hard on for that. He's like, the look on his face was like, oh, (laughs) this is an unexpected surprise. Mm -hmm. But do you think that he felt intimidated at all? Like slightly? 
I didn't I didn't get that sense, but it's it's possible that he was a little bit intimidated just because that you know that feeling we get when we realize oh maybe we don't know this person mm-hmm. yeah uh, so there could be that aspect of it that's not the sense i got watching it i, I got more like a oh this is <laughs> my this boy. is a nice surprise <laughs> yeah i'm <laughs> yeah. like i'm kind of proud like i want to take this guy more under my wing right yeah and, and i think that's how i took it in the movie and maybe that's how the director wanted it to be in the book it was mm. more of the oh shit like i i don't know you And it created more of an intrigue in that sense. Um, So and it's not quite uh, clear if Peter knows that his dad killed himself because of him. It might be like he he, maybe he he maybe he does blame himself or we don't actually know how he feels about his his dad. And I thought it was weird in the movie where he's like, oh, my dad says that I'm strong or like I'm right, you know. And like, and maybe that was supposed to be a little hint of like, hey, viewers, like you actually don't know anything about Peter, because why would his dad call him that when all I've ever shown you is this meek little boy, you know, like. That's fair. So that's what I keep, I guess, going back at is like, did the movie not do a good job at portraying these characters or did it do exactly the job it in? tended it to because I fell for that trap of thinking this kid was just a a kid and be meek and see weird. Mm. (laughs) So I guess that's where I keep going back and forth. And that's why I don't know where I land on this movie because I, I don't know if I got it right or not. (laughs) I took this test and no one's telling me if I passed or not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't like it. So should we get into it? Is the time now? Get into what happens at the end. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay, great. Before we do, <laughs> you like what I did there? <laughs> I, Brady's like all in, and I'm like, wow. Hold on a second. <laughs> Way to build tension. This episode is brought to you by Peter's Handpicked Hides. Have you ever picked a peck of pickled peppers and realized that what you actually needed was a whole horde of unhealthy heifer hides? You've come to the right hillside hideaway. We've got ropes and raw hides with every type of infectious ingredient imaginable. We've got your classic anthrax, your mad cow, your grass daggers, prussic acid poisoning, hardware disease, foot rot, botulism, bovine tuberculosis, bovine viral diarrhea, brucellosis, Schmallenberg virus, seroptic mange, John's disease, and much more. Don't forget to wear your gloves. Our hides are perfect for braiding in buckets of bloodied bad water with your friends. Make sure one of you keeps your cigarette hand dry. And you can use your new ropes for whatever you want. What are we, the rope police? Just don't forget those gloves. Use code WORTHPLEADINGONES to get free pair of gloves when you buy your first contaminated cow skin at Peter's Handpicked Hides. Remember to wear those gloves. So the scene. It was a dark night. The moon was out. The wind was howling. Smith McPhee kills Benedict Cumberbatch. Wow. With anthrax. There it is. <laughs> like a fucking psychopath he is. And it kind of came out of nowhere. And I think that's that's to me what, you know, that's uh, talking about like thinking back on the movie and, and how it kind of stuck with me. That's what stuck with me. The mm-hmm. Because at some point he makes a conscious decision. He knows that giving Benny the the hide that has anthrax and Benny has this open wound on his hand. 
he <laughs> knows he's going to get anthrax and he's going to die. Mm-hmm. So he makes a conscious decision to kill Benny, someone who has kind of actually started to care for him and become kind of a father figure to him. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, this guy ripped on him for so long. He's finally earned some of his respect. And they're even like, you know, kind of grooming lover vibes mm-hmm. from from Benny. And he makes a decision that, okay, my mother is killing herself with alcohol. I can either I can either save her or you know continue to have this father figure in in my life. And he chooses to save his mother. And I think that's the most compelling part of the movie that this decision that he makes. But you know when you talked about when you talked about it earlier, I kind of felt the same way. I don't think I felt the way I was supposed to feel from this movie. It, mm-hmm. I don't know, there was something about it. Uh, the movie, it looks brilliant. I thought the acting was fantastic. But yeah, it's just, you, you have to be really into like deep character studies to really enjoy this movie. And I think, I I don't think a lot of people are, are going to like it. And I think a lot of people probably agree with us that they they didn't feel what they were supposed to feel. Uh, it, it, you know, it's there. Like the formula is there. It's just mm-hmm. there's something that's missing that didn't make it click the way it was supposed to. I don't know. And I, yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe it I don't was either. too long. It was just a, it's a slow movie about miserable people. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically what it is. I definitely agree. It felt like the director left maybe too much room for interpretation with some of the characters and how they like, it it felt like I needed to assume a lot. Like I assumed George's or Fleming's, you know, life with like his parents. I assumed that Kristen Dunst, I actually assumed that she always had tendencies, alcoholic tendencies. Like, you know, we assumed that Peter was gay we assumed that the reason Phil is such a dick is because he's closeted. Like there was just, it was a lot of assumptions that needed to be made. Nothing was made clear. And I don't know if that was deliberate or it's just, maybe it's just the way that she wrote it doesn't drive with me. And I, it doesn't click. Like you said, like something's missing and it's not clicking. But when, you know, this, this kid makes this conscious decision to murder yeah, he was a fucking little freak, but I didn't it. I wanted a reason why. And I know he kept saying, like, Mom, I'm going to save you. You know, like, I, what kind of a man would I be if I didn't save you, if I didn't try? Right. That was like one of his lines that he says to her while she's like holding his face. I thought she was going to fucking kiss him again. I was getting Game of Thrones vibes like throughout the whole fucking movie and nothing happened. But I guess the the, the powerful scene at the end. Right. Like you have the, the anthrax scene. <laughs> which I would love to go into detail because I think that was like the sexiest scene in the movie. Jared doesn't agree. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny because he was like, no, there were more, there were other homoerotic scenes in this movie. And I was like, no, like the anthrax cigarette scene is the sexiest. And he's like, no, I thought that was just like two comrades sharing a cigarette. <laughs> I was like, no, that was like the only time out of character Lee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where 
Peter, I thought was acting a little seductive in his body language, the way he was like sitting with like his arms kind of crossed and then like slowly putting the cigarette in his mouth yeah. and just being like, that's it feels. Yeah. Like who was Bronco Henry to you? Mm-hmm. And then like putting the cigarette on Phil's mouth while like Phil's like humping the fucking rope. Like it was, it was yeah, hot. Ben, he talks about how he saved Bronco Henry, saved his life. And, and mm-hmm. Peter asks, you know, were you naked? And he never, mm-hmm. never answers. Right. And he, he asked too, like, uh, what was he to you? Yeah. And like Phil answers, like, you know, he was a, yeah, he was like, a, like a hero or, a, you know, somebody he looked up to, but then he was like, I think he was more than just that. Like Phil admits there's like the one time, like Phil is open the first time in this whole movie that Phil's like actually being open and raw about how he feels and who he is. Not, maybe not a hundred percent, but like as a hundred percent as like Phil could muster, like, you know, he's, he's making progress. And I guess in my head, I was like, okay, if Peter is also gay and understands and like, why murder? I, it just, that just didn't seem justified. Yeah. He was a dick to your mom, but like, you guys are getting along now. Like, why can you make things better? You're becoming a doctor. You could probably help your mom. Like, <laughs> I just, what? I don't know. I just, I don't think yeah, him being a doctor means he can help his alcoholic mother. Why not? Um, because <laughs> it's 1920s. And <laughs> <laughs> alcoholism is a, a psychological condition, right? But I mean, back then, a doctor is as good as it's going to get. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I see. Th- this is what makes the movie so compelling. He, he made a choice to save his mother by murdering Phil. But like, is that really going to save her, though? It seemed to. At the end, she's she's not drinking. They, she seems happy again. I, I think that was the only way. She and Phil, I mean, Phil was just so cruel to her. That's what it was. I mean, I keep saying he was being a but dick, like, but he was so deliberately was cruel. What? Do you, what? Was. <laughs> yes, he was. He was horrible to her. Oh, my God. He played banjo while she was practicing. What a dick. Yeah, yeah, what a day. He's so cruel. He was deliberately trying to make her miserable. I don't know. <laughs> I did that's what I mean. I I didn't seem that way to me. And at the beginning of the movie, she <laughs> she talked about how much she hated alcohol and um it, she, Phil drove her to drink in a way that she never would have if she hadn't met Phil and had someone in her life who was so deliberately horrible to her. And I think that uh, Smith McPhee, Peter recognized that and understood that the only way for his mother to get better was to remove that, that awful influence from her life. And he did at the end, Mm -hmm. she seemed, she seemed better. She seemed happy again. They seemed like a, a family. Benny was driving this wedge between them and George. What the hell did Plemons do about it? Where was he? Right. Yeah. He disappeared for like half the movie. He didn't seem to do anything at all about his brother being one of the all time assholes. But I don't think. And I think that was telling of their relationship as siblings. Like that was. Yeah. Again, I'm assuming because no one actually fucking told me that with, you know, dialogue or otherwise mm-hmm. but it i guess that was like the inkling i had of 
you know, me connecting some dots of just like the way that the parents acted, the way that the, was it the town, uh, mayor or whoever was that like went over to dinner, uh, just how everyone was like, oh, we want to talk to your brother. Like he has conversation because he went to Harvard. He's smart, like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Plumbings is like, yeah, but I'm not just fat. Like I'm a human. And they're like, no, you're just fat. Yeah. Plumbings, like he, the impression I got was he, he's been beaten into submission a long time ago yeah. by his brother. And he understands yeah, in the his, his place. Yeah. And he sees himself the same way that his brother sees himself and he's just accepted it. And he's not going to be one to stand up for himself or stand up for his wife. It's, it's really so sad and crazy. He, He does nothing to stand up for his wife. Yeah. Nothing to stand up for her, but I guess in a sense, he stands up for himself by marrying her, right? Like not inviting his brother to the the wedding and just like doing it and like bringing her home. Yeah. Maybe that's, yeah, I, I don't know how his to arc. interpret that, but yeah, because I guess in my head, I was like, because I read that whole like thing prior, it was like, OK, now that he has a wife, he's relieved of his ranch duties. He doesn't need to be there anymore. So he needs to go do other things for the family because it seemed like they had money. It seemed like they came from money, right? They, they seemed wealthy. Yeah. So like he had other wealthy business to attend to that I do not know of because I do not have said wealth. In the 1920s, <laughs> I don't have 1925 Montana money. <laughs> Who does? Uh, but yeah, that it was just like, where the hell did he go? And it was funny because it was like when he was gone, Peter was in, and then when Peter came back, like he was gone. I was like, can the, the, these two not be in the same house at the same time? <laughs> the more, the more that we're talking about this, the more I want to rewatch it and dive into things that maybe I missed or. or- Uh, didn't Mm. think to interpret Uh, it it is you know it's super slow and like well was it good was it not i i have no idea i think it'll definitely be nominated for best picture and might win and if you're into watching those movies you're going to want to watch this i don't think everybody's going to be into it but i yeah i do feel like now i i it's crazy dude after talking about this like i feel like re-watching it just to pick up on some of that stuff i don't know if i will because it just Mm -hmm. is like just not enjoyable it's like a chore it's a chore and is like kind of draining um Mm -hmm. but like it just commitment yeah (laughs) it it is a commitment but there's just like i feel like there's so much that i just didn't pick up on the first time watching like every like piece of dialogue and every scene the way that people look at each other you know the unspoken words Mm -hmm. like all of that has so much more impactful meaning in a movie like this than it does in in a lot of other movies uh that are more like action based so i don't know i don't know i there's probably a lot going on that i'm just not even thinking about and want to rewatch. i'm still on the fence though like recommending it i mm-hmm. i think for the majority of people i have to say it's not worth watching once um but same i do i'm not mad that i watched it you probably um. are <laughs> I'm not mad I watched it. I mean, here yeah. I am talking about rewatching it and like picking up on more stuff, but mm-hmm. it is it is going to be one of those movies that just kind of like sticks with me for a while. And I'll, I'll probably think about every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say I, I would agree. I think listeners, if you could do me a favor and watch it, <laughs> 
maybe you'll see something that I didn't. And then you can reach out to us and explain to us what was going on. (laughs) I think that would be great. Um, It probably is one of those movies that rewatching will help. Maybe that thing will click, but I just, I, I don't think I'm in the mindset right now to rewatch it because I'm just so angry that I might like forcibly not let it click because I'm petty. (laughs) I'm Tom. So (laughs) there was one review that I read that someone specifically said that this movie is one of those movies where you have to pay attention to the subtle details Mm -hmm. because everything that's, it's just building blocks for like the big reveal at the end. But to me, I thought those blocks were like they're I don't know not it was either like they were too obvious and they didn't fit together or they were so subtle that I didn't even think to put them together I don't know it like the whole like in the beginning of the movie where he's just like I don't fuck with animals with anthrax and I'm like that's the foreshadow mm. <laughs> yeah I mean, like, you knew was, you knew like as soon the as moment. they mentioned and like Chekhov's anthrax like you knew yeah. immediately the fact that they mentioned it was going to show up Probably in, in some sort of uh, conclusion at the end. Yeah. Oh, and there was um. so the, the interesting thing about the book is that it starts with um, the scene where they're castrating all the, the cattle. Oh, that was a and- tough scene to watch. <laughs> so funny because I was just like, cool, whatever. Uh, but like how Phil's like, oh, if you, you know, eat the testicle like right there, like you'll gain, I don't know, manliness points. <laughs> however you want to word it. Uh, But in the book, the book opens up with that. And I guess the way that the author described it was so gruesome that turned a lot of people away from his book because like what, a you know, an imagery like Mm. to to start out with. Um, And I guess like that was supposed to be uh, like a metaphor for like what's going on in this movie about like, what it means to be a man and you know things that i guess i can't relate to because i'm not a man <laughs> um but some 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 other facts that are worth mentioning once before we finish the title power of the dog oh yes if you're wondering tell me the bible it's passage from, right yeah so the the full well full passage was like number you know six or seven <laughs> i should have written that down i just wrote what the passage said and it's deliver my soul from the sword my darling from the power of the dog and so this whole story is like you could say that phil is the sword and the darn or no alcoholism is the sword the dog is rose no hold on the sword and the dog <laughs> are phil <laughs> Because you you want my darling to be taken from the power of the, the power of the dog is Phil. Phil is a dog who is powerful and hurting Rose, the mom, was supposed to be the meaning. I don't know. I didn't write this shit. You look it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's like going to a doctor and being like, what's wrong with me? And they're like, here's what it's called. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> that happened to me. True story. Oh, God. so <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> uh also did you see the barking dog (laughs) the scene where like in the beginning of the movie like phil's like staring out into the mountains and all the and he's like if you don't see it like you can't afford it you know no (laughs) he's like if you can't see it then you know you're not ready to see it or whatever and all the guys are like 
must be an animal or something like something's got to be out on the woods and then or mountains and then later like Phil's out there with like Peter and he's like if you look out into those like hills like what do you see and Peter's like a barking dog and Phil turns around it's like the one comedic moment in the movie and he goes you just saw that right now and Peter's like well no I noticed it when I first came in and Phil's like I gotta marry this guy <laughs> did you see it I don't even remember the barking that dog what I don't even remember that scene it's like the one artistic moment in this whole movie so in the mountains there's they show like this beautiful mountain range and this movie was like filmed in like New Zealand it's not even fucking Montana <laughs> and these like beautiful mountains there's you know all these like different the hills, valleys, whatever you want to call it. I know those are all different to describe mountains, but I am not a mountainologist. And so <laughs> there's like, you know, clouds are coming in and the way that the sun's hitting it causes some of the mountains to create, to cast a shadow. And the shadow it casts is of like an open dog. Like it looks like a, like a husky wolf dog, like mouth. Like, you know, when you do like little puppets yeah, like sure. in the yeah, shadow puppet, that's yeah, that's what it looked like. It's just like a, a dog's mouth like hmm. open and that was something that bronco henry had shown phil and then phil was like oh, like oh my god peter sees it he must be a gay <laughs> i don't know maybe that's what he thought because <laughs> if you're straight you can't see it. i don't know that i'm now projecting i really don't know <laughs> because i saw it and you didn't so <laughs> i think something else that just hit me is like uh, you know peter realizes that phil is gay at some point and kind of uses that to grow book, closer to it. him. Yeah. And in the movie, did he really do that in the movie though? This always happens. Like the more I, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm into the movie. I'm like, I was hoping you'd turn me around. Just like I'm thinking of any things I remember at the beginning of the episode. I was like, Brady, this movie sucks. Move on. <laughs> and you were like, No, no. Like let's talk about it. And then by the end of it, I was like, Watch the movie. Yeah. I- <laughs> I need more. I need more time with this because this is like mm-hmm. I just from the start, like talking over about over the last hour. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. growing on me. I'm. That's why, like, you gave me a good heads up to watch this movie like ASAP, and I watched yep. it Monday or Tuesday, and like that that was huge because I couldn't just watch this right before. You need time mm-hmm. to like really let it marinate, and, digest, like, digest yeah. it, and. Like this but is what happens. Like it. talking about it, just like oh, there's so much symbolism and stuff, and I don't mm-hmm. think I've I've gotten to the point yet where I like really understand everything that happened. And yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh, Peter finds, and actually, oh, I did write that note. Um, so Peter ends up finding Phil's like hidden spot where he goes to like mud bathe, right? Because <laughs> like he. And, and I thought that that was like a, a, a something to be said about his character where he's like, I like to stink like a cowboy. Like it shows that, you know, I'm a man and I'm mm-hmm. working. And like, if I, if I smell good, it means I didn't work hard. Right. Like, you know, work hard, sweat hard, bleh, like that whole like situation, like your muscles better be crying. So, but then he like goes to bathe away from everybody. He does not want to show his naked self to others. He's always bathing like he's like all the other men are jumping up and down in the water and like wrestling and like doing whatever the fuck they want. He never bathes with them. And maybe like that's something to be said about his character of like just like how he doesn't want to bathe with them and be vulnerable 
physically, yeah, right? Maybe, naked. maybe open himself up to arousal. Or that, yeah. I was maybe thinking like deeper like than that. that. Yeah, like I, you know, to be naked in front of somebody, like you need to trust them, you need to be right, vulnerable. Right, he does right. not like to feel he's vulnerable. Clo- yeah, he's closed off. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought I did write this and I and it's I don't know if that's how they meant it in the scene, but when so Peter finds the hidey hole. <laughs> He finds like magazines of, uh, you know, fit men or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, uh, which I guess in the book, those magazines are crossed off and like Bronco's Hen- Bronco Henry's like name is like written all over it. Ew. So it's like a little more on the nose of like, oh, he's fucking beaten off to Bronco Henry. Yeah. I mean, but, we also um, saw him masturbate with Bronco Henry's handkerchief or whatever it was. Right, but also let the listeners know that it wasn't as egregious as you're making it out to be. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Like he wasn't beating one off like on screen. That's the difference between the porno I wanted and the Brokeback Mountain right, we got. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it was a little more t- tasteful than that, but yeah, like we do we see dick that. though. And there's a dick little bit, in the movie. Yeah. yeah. A little, a little quick dick. Quick dick, yeah. Quick dick. <laughs> Say dick one more time. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> I want to start the episode off with you saying dick and then <laughs> <laughs> hey, it doesn't like starting um, with a little dick. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then so Peter, you know, here splashing around, he goes around the bend, huh, just around the river. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And he uh and he sees Phil bathing. And I thought this shot was so interesting because we're seeing the back of Phil in the water, cleaning himself off and the thought, and let me see if I can find my actual note. Cause like the thought that I had in my head was, yeah, I just put Phil looks dot, dot less of a man from behind in the water. And I think what I'm, what I meant was (laughs) not like less of a man, like it, but the, the domineering, dick that we've been seeing in the movie suddenly seeing him from behind Mm. he just looked like any old regular person the vulnerability yeah and i'm wondering if like that's what peter was also seeing Mm -hmm. of like i could take this man down he is just a man just a man he's not this you know demigod or whatever that everyone's like making it out to be Mm -hmm. like untouchable right you know he weaknesses right like so maybe like that was the the seed that was planted of like, obviously, like he found out his secret, so he's going to exploit it. But I'm wondering if in the movie, seeing Phil from behind bathing in like the most vulnerable, you know, of situations was supposed to be the seed for us to realize, like, hold on, guys, like he is he's he's not immortal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I guess I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? I'm not friends with the director to ask. The gift that George gets Rose, the piano, the baby grand, a Mason Hamlin. Worth mentioning once. They're from Harvard, Mass. Uh, no, they're from <laughs> Haverhill, Massachusetts. Oh, cool. Yep. It's interesting. They were founded. Yep. In 1864. Right on. Yeah. And I didn't look this up. But I might have saw a little uh, a goof. So we're at the dinner scene and everyone's standing up and they're like, oh, my God, you play piano like 
we would love to hear you play piano. And they're all grabbing their chairs and they're walking into the other room and like they're putting down the chairs. When Rose stands up and turns around, it looks like her dress on the side is unzipped. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't know if that was like a character thing or if it was by accident or that's the style. I don't know. Like, it, But it just it looked like like because dresses zip up for those who don't know. <laughs> Some dresses will dress will zip. There we go. Some dresses will zip uh, on the side, like on your uh, what would you call this? <laughs> side of your Describe torso. Describe what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, your rib cage, like on the side, underneath your armpit. Like it goes like from like your lower hip all the way up to like your armpit is like how long like the zipper is on dresses to help you put them, you know, on. <laughs> and it looked like hers was like unzipped down to like her rib cages. Hmm. Should we wrap up with some quick anthrax facts? Yes. Don't get it. Thank you for listening. And <laughs> yeah, do not get it for real. So anthrax yeah. is an infectious mm-hmm. disease caused by naturally occurring bacteria. And the naturally occurring bacteria is different than the research anthrax. So like they use different bacteria in the lab than they do than occurs in nature. thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. It's extremely rare in the United States. It's not contagious person to person. And anthrax is treatable. Yep. I learned that a food night the other night with Chris. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Very cool. I think if you yeah. breathe it into your lungs, though, it's like, yeah, that's pretty much. So, well, I quick. guess that's different. So I guess the, the anthrax that causes the holes, there's a better word for this, craters. Okay. <laughs> So the anthrax that causes like the, the craters in your skin is different than the anthrax that affects your lungs. I'm thinking it might be like how you have, oh my God, I'm blanking right now. What's the name of the fucking virus that causes cold sores? Herpes. Thank you. So you have like simplex A and B. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's kind of like that. Interesting. Where it just develops effects differently. I'm no scientist, but anthrax is pretty cool. <laughs> it's definitely interesting right i mean yeah. dude so on that note listeners i i mean like we said earlier i can't recommend this movie but part of me also wants everyone to watch it so that they can explain to me what i missed hmm. so for selfish reasons please watch this movie and then tell me what the fuck's going on <laughs> that's my it's uh, worth experiencing once. Hey, and maybe if you watch it in a month, you'll be able to say you saw the best picture winner if it if it takes on the award. That's very true. It's very true. I don't I think, think a I'm Netflix original has ever won. Did Roma win? I can't remember. Probably. Okay. Listeners, I will include some of those articles that I read to give me that gave me the information about what was going on in Montana. I found a really awesome review on medium.com about the book and the movie, if you're interested, and also the meaning behind the title, uh, an article through screenrant.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of Worth Watching Once. For more movie reviews, follow us on Instagram at Worth Watching Once or on Twitter at WW1Pod. And be sure to check us out at worthwatchingonce.com where you can view all our episodes plus some bonus materials. 
If you have any suggestions on what to watch next, email us at worthwatchingonespod at gmail.com or reach out to any of our social media profiles. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you listen to stay up to date on our new episodes. We release every other Friday. And make sure to show us some love by rating and reviewing our show as it helps us get noticed. Thanks again, and until next time. Peace.